Every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, time for What's Going On, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. What's Going On, brought to you today by our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service call today, 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. That's Action Plumbing. What's Going On, where we check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. Find the big news, interviews, opinions, sometimes some funny stuff as well. Let's get things started today, Gordon, with DJ and PK. They had... um, be a former BYU linebacker David Nixon on, and he gave his thoughts on the Cougs. We're here to talk about a game where BYU is favored to squash somebody for the third straight game. And I'm wondering, as a former Cougar, do you really enjoy that, or is it, you don't want to say it out loud, but it kind of bores you? Uh, you know what? A little bit of both. I think I err on the side that I really enjoy it. I mean, listen, this fan base has been through the up and downs of losses to. Uh, UMass and Northern Illinois and last year Toledo, USF. And so, if anything, I think this fan base loves the fact that BYU is going out there taking care of business uh, against teams that they should, you know, they should go out there and single-handedly win. And they're doing just that. So, uh, I, uh, I, I think I err more on the side of I enjoy this. But I will tell you this, with the schedule that BYU has, if it continues to happen, it's going to get a little boring throughout the season if they continue to roll the way they're rolling. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, it's been it's been fun to watch. So I wondered about Louisiana Tech, uh, but they played a couple games here. They've given up a lot of points. They're giving up 34 points a game. That's just through two games. And one of the games, they gave up a lot of points to Houston Baptist, but they were scoring 66 points. I don't know how much intensity. When you were out there in a game and the offense was just scoring at will, did the defense ever lose its edge? Not you personally. You would never do that, David, but did some never. of the other guys lose their edge? Uh, no, actually, in fact, I think it does the exact opposite. I think as a defensive unit, if you're watching your offense just march up and down the field, put points up, it energizes you as a whole, as a unit, uh, and it makes you want to go out there and get the ball back in their hands as fast as possible. In fact, I remember that uh, happening my senior year when we played UCLA. I think we beat no, like 50, yeah. 50, was it 59 to nothing. <laughs> or I think we maybe let a touchdown late in the game. I can't remember what it was, but it was something crazy. And it was one of those things where, like I said, we, we continue to feed off each other, and um, it's it's a really it's hard to explain, but it's a really cool feeling whenever all sides of the team are are clicking. Because once again, during the week in practice, the defense and offense, you know, you got your scout teams going, so you really aren't practicing much together. Yeah, you'll do some one on ones um, and maybe do some eleven on eleven late late in practice, but for the majority of practice, defense on one side of the field and offense is on the other side doing their own thing. Uh, and so game days, when game days roll around, it's kind of one of your first opportunities to be together as a whole team and uh, and to have the same objective and goal, and that's to go out there and whoop that team across from you on the sideline. And and so I think you, you feed off each other and you, you start to build that momentum and, and you, see, you can kind of see what the result is. But um, now, in this, I will say this. I was, in the, I, I was at the stadium, and it was it was a weird feeling being there. Um, but I will say the BYU did a great job of kind of creating their own energy on the sideline, creating their own, their own buzz. And uh, you could hear all the guys, the BYU guys yelling and hooting and hollering. And 
of course, we saw the dancing they did on the sidelines and all that stuff. But, um, you know, that's that's something this year that with COVID, they've, they've got to go out there and, and pump each other up. So while the defense is out there balling out, the offense hopefully is on the sideline uh, cheering them on and vice versa and, and creating that kind of crowd noise, if you will. David Nixon, former BYU linebacker, joining us here. So I'm curious as you watch the BYU offensive line uh, push people around at Navy and make the game really easy to win. And then pass protect for a quarterback who's throwing for almost 400 yards. So they're showing, you know, hey, they can, they can dominate in different ways. As a former linebacker, when you're facing an offensive line that's that, got that kind of advantage, what do you expect your defense to do? What could you throw at an offensive line that's that, that kind of advantage to get your team back in the game? Because when you're getting dominated like that by an offensive line, you're usually in trouble. Yeah, listen, it's, if you're opposing defense right now, it's one of those things where you just got to pick your poison. I mean, the problem is if you stack 7-8 in the box, uh, then Zach's shown right now the ability to do the play action, and, and he's uh, you know very decisive and, and really accurate right now. So um, if you're opposing defense, it's, it's tough. You, you've got to figure out a way to disguise some things. I think Zach is still working on that. I think if you can bring uh, safeties and backers and, and switch it up a little bit, uh, then, then you maybe can try to – create some of that confusion. But if you just try to line up against BYU's offensive line right now, I mean, this, this offense is averaging five yards per carry right now through two games. I mean, it's just and, – and when you go back and watch the film, it's purely that offensive line the surge they're getting. I mean, no, no doubt Algier and Coteau have been playing well, um, but these guys have huge holes to run in. I mean, you, you watch that offensive line just wash down that defensive line, and, of course, the running back has a cutback on the backside. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty impressive to see. I mean – I don't think BYU's had an offensive line like this in, in, in decades. I mean, it's it's something that, as a collective unit, yeah, BYU's had one-off guys that have been pretty solid, but the unit this offensive line has been pretty impressive so far. And once again, keep in mind who it's against. It's against Navy and, and uh, Troy. But um, I, I, what I like about this team, and people keep saying that, yeah, it's Navy and Troy. But I love about this BYU team is what I alluded to at the beginning of this, uh, this segment was, you know, in the past, BYU would kind of play down to their opponents and play up to their opponents. I mean, look at USG last year. You looked at Wisconsin years past. They'll play up to their opponents, but also play down. And, and that's not happening this year. This year, they're going out there and, and taking care of business and winning decisively. So um, I think that's what got all, has all fans encouraged is, is the fact that you don't have a, you know, 24 to 17 type game this year. These are blowouts, and they're, and they're doing it on all sides of the ball. That was David Nixon from DJ and PK. Boy, and what he just said there, Jake, is really true. And I think that's one of the reasons that people are, especially BYU fans, are getting excited about what they're seeing because they've seen a team go out and take care of its business and do it crisply, execute well. Uh, The penalties have been absolutely held to a minimum. And, uh, yeah, everyone understands the, the caliber of team they're playing. But but uh, a, a team can only play as well as it can play against whoever's on the schedule, and that's what BYU is doing right now. I, I think that point that he made is a strong one. Yeah, he, was, uh, he also talked a little bit about uh, what uh, defenses are going to have to do against this BYU team, and that's, uh, you know, stack the box, put extra guys up there, and, and try and bring pressure. Or stop the and stop the run. Um, that's nothing but good news for Zach Wilson. I mean, if if that's what other teams have to do because that O line is so good, I mean, he should be able to have big time, big time games. I would think. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. 
anytime you have to. There's that's the thing about playing quarterback and playing that position effectively is if a defense is going to make adjustments, you have to punish them for it, especially if they're going to commit resources to stopping one part of the uh, the offense that is causing them some trouble. If BYU is getting 200 yards a game rushing the football, Zach Wilson's going to be extremely efficient. <laughs> you would think. I, I yeah. mean, you you would think he would be able to. That's that's for sure. I mean, it it's just it, it's really interesting to watch this offense that is based around a really dominant offensive line. Yeah, uh, it's, I, I it, it that's just the makes, center of it. Yeah, it just makes everybody look good. It it's like the what was lacking a little bit with Utah's offense last year is that offensive line was just not where the other skill positions were or where these skill positions were as far as a talent standpoint, because they were a lot younger, right? They had their more experienced offensive line the year before. And so I'm not sure we saw what uh, truly the offense that Utah was capable of last year. Whereas with BYU, you know, you lose Matt Bushman and you think, oh, man, maybe they're a little light on weapons. Well, that doesn't seem to matter right now, does it? Because the offensive line is just dominating, and that just makes it so much difficult for defenses to game plan against. So, Well, it's like what we talked with Tanner about the other day. He said when you have an offensive line like that, the quarterback gets into a comfort zone, and then once a quarterback is in a comfort zone, it gets hot. Next thing you know, you know, he's picking out his receivers, and they're, they're making hay. And that's what's going on right now with that offense. And you and I aren't really surprised – by how good that offensive line is. Well, we thought it would be good. I don't know whether we thought it was going to be quite this dominant. Well, I but did, the, anyway. But the defensive line. Uh, remember we were talking about how BYU struggled so mightily last year putting pressure on quarterbacks. And the other day against Troy, I'm watching Kyrus Tonga <laughs> sack the quarterback. I think he had a couple of sacks, didn't he? And uh, you got a 330-pound man running straight at you. Uh, that that's pressure that we haven't seen out of BYU in a while. It's not your traditional pass rush, though. I, I if BYU were playing some better teams, I might still have that concern because they don't have your you know quote unquote pass rusher. I mean, Kyrus Tonga is amazing, but the reason he's getting sacks is because uh, the the so much overmatching the other team's offensive line. Well, that's so weird because you got three guys going up against five. Right, right, but I mean the, that's. That's often the difference when you play lesser opponents, right? They're they're less they're they're smaller up front on both sides of the ball. I think BYU is running into a lot of that. They certainly did with Navy, and I think you can say they did with Troy too. Where you know those three hundred and thirty pound guys from that air uh, from that area, they're going somewhere else. So I think we're seeing a little bit of a, a result of and plus BYU is a really big team. I mean they're going to overmatch a lot of college football, right? But I think that's what we're seeing. I, I would still be concerned. If BYU were playing against Utah or against a Pac-12 team, I'd still be concerned about that pass rush. Yeah, you wonder. Do you think they would load up a little more if that were the case, if they were going up against that kind of competition? I or do you think they would do what they did against USC last year? Kind of the same thing. Some of the similarity thing, similar things that what we're, that we saw the other night. Well, that's what they did against everybody last year. Yeah, well, they, I think they that's frustrating really... for some people because you do you got to put some pressure on the quarterback. That's my opinion. Uh, I know maybe uh, Tuiaki has a different idea. Well, it's it's about how many people do you commit to the blitz and how vulnerable do you leave yourself. I mean, how many? That's why uh, um, you know when you hear Kyle Whittingham, for example, talk about it all the time. When you can get pressure with your front four, it's a huge mm-hmm. advantage because you just don't have to commit 
the bodies to get the pressure that you're talking about. So, but if you only got three guys up there, then that's you know that's kind of unique. Yeah, but if you don't have the personnel to get pressure with five, what's the point in doing it? Do you think some of those linebackers would be able to apply that pressure? Well, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Because this those linebackers things- are, are doing a really good job right now playing their role, which is being in space and making tackles. Yeah. So uh, you, well, they you do, take they, somebody they, away from that when you decide to blitz. I mean, that's the hard part about it, right? Well, they are they are bringing pressure, extra pressure on occasion. But maybe that's part of the idea is to confuse the quarterback, confuse what, you know, he doesn't know whether those guys are going to come or whether they're going to drop back. And uh, this is what we're going to be faced with. You heard what David Nixon said about how BYU is, is blowing these teams out and uh, not just scraping by. Uh, at some point, we're going to get frustrated with this, I think, at, 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 by watching it, saying, where, where is the truth? How good is this team? How, how would they do against uh, a, a quality opponent? That's why that game against Boise State, if it can be pulled off, would be so important. And as we talked about the other day, it would be important on both for both Boise State and BYU because, uh, well, that game has some meaning to it now. It's uh, built up some tradition to it. But uh, Boise is always looking to bolster its its uh, its uh, resume. And BYU uh, this year is in sore need of that. So, I personally, um, and I'm not disagreeing with you here, certainly not about uh, Boise State, but I'm personally going to try and not be frustrated by BYU's opponents. I really am because I'm, I'm really glad we're watching this team play. And it's an impossible circumstance, and it's not their fault they had this great schedule wadded up and thrown in the trash. And uh, I, I hope they add Boise State and maybe another opponent or another, another couple of opponents maybe. And, uh, and just so we actually can get to how... see them be tested. And, yeah. and, again, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just I'm going to try to, uh, uh, to resist the temptation to complain about the competition because I really am just glad they're playing. Yeah. We'll see how you're feeling when they're playing North uh, well, Louisiana Tech's nothing to write home about either yet. I'm going to watch the game, and I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> Better than nothing is yeah, what you're saying. Absolutely, huh? absolutely. And and imagine how hard it would be for this BYU team if they were just not playing and watching everybody else when they know that they're good. That would suck. Come on. I'm glad they're playing. I'm glad we're going to watch them play Louisiana Tech uh, on Friday, even though it's in the middle of the night. Hooray. <laughs> I'm going to be watching. Yeah. What game did we hear about is going to be one thirty in the afternoon? Isn't that one of the ones coming up? It's one of these teams. I forget which one it is. I could look up the schedule real quick. But that's a uh, bit of an anomaly. Texas, it's not in the Texas afternoon San, anymore. Texas San Antonio mm-hmm. is at one thirty. Uh, let's see. Louisiana Tech 7 on Friday. Uh, the Houston game 7.30 on the 16th. And it's not in the afternoons anymore. Their other game times have not been announced yet. <laughs> So yeah. we, we have a 130, so that's not bad. Hooray. What's the uh, – okay, let's say BYU gets Boise State. Is there any way they can get anybody else, or is that just a pipe dream? No, I think there can. I'm, uh, I We don't know exactly what the Mountain West strategy is going to be. Uh, I heard Hanson Scotty talking about this the other day. I thought they brought up a good point. Hawaii, for now, is playing, but obviously things are really complicated. With Hawaii, mm-hmm. given their, you know, geography. 
So, um, and it's expensive. We, we hear that uh, Hawaii loses money playing football games anyway because of the travel expense. So, you know, what are they exactly able to do? They're on board now, but if they're not there, that makes, you know, the Mountain West uh, have an odd number. So what, what other games can they pick up because of, uh, you know, these, uh, these military uh, games that they're going to play? You know, little stuff like that that maybe we didn't think about. That, that comes about. I mean, the, you know, the only reason they might be able to play Boise is because Air Force is going to play Navy. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really think about that when we were having these discussions, but there's a sneaky little opportunity that BYU can go with. And BYU has, has proven to be very flexible and, and willing to do whatever. So uh, I would think that that would benefit them if they're looking to add some games at the last moment. Yeah, because we have the suspicion, really, that this team is good. And it might be the best team uh, Kalani Sataki has ever coached uh, as a head coach. And if if that, in fact, is true, it would be nice to see some real evidence of that beyond just beating up on, on these teams that they've had to schedule because of the situation. All right, it is The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Let's move on in what's going on here to Hanson Scotty talking about Utah quarterbacks. You were tweeting out some uh, mm-hmm. uh, some videos last night. I was I was having a little bit of fun watching Jake Bentley film last night. Went back and watched uh, some of his SC highlights. I watched his game against Michigan, and I was at a. I'm trying to remember which uh, what what point that that Michigan game was, but I watched his uh, his game film against Michigan, and it was very clear, very apparent to me. First of all, this kid's got a lot of production. You go look at his career at SC, Scotty. I think he's close to 7,000 yards. He's got a lot of production. Yeah. And he's played some big-time defenses in some pressure-packed environments. And the reason I went back to watch Jake Bentley, I felt like Cam Rising had the edge. If you come into a regular spring for Utah and you're just on a regular trajectory for a regular season – I felt like Cam Rising and Jake Bentley were probably comparable options, but you would go with the young guy because you're already you've got this youth movement. You know, you're you're trying to figure out maybe what 2021 is going to look like. But I feel like now that you've got a little extra time, a truncated season, kind of a a strange. Uh, fill around the season, and you got five and a half weeks from this point. The reason I went back and looked at Jake Bentley is I thought he might be the better option to put out there. You know, where you've got veteran leadership and you've got 7,000 yards under his belt and you've got pressure-packed environments in that conference that he played in and some of those games that he played in, he's, he's gone through the grinder. And I'm not saying that I'm not taking away from Cam Rising. I'm just telling you, Jake Bentley has been under the the microscope. And I've also heard some rumblings about his leadership up there. Oh really? Yeah. Taking control of the uh, locker room. Yeah. And reaching out to guys and how we doing? How's how's this thing going for you? Uh how was quarantine and has been has been very good to his team. And so with those things, it, it, it kind of leads me to believe that 
when you take the field in game one, in week one, it might be beneficial to go with Jake Bentley. And people might be looking at it and say, no, you go with the youth. Jake's a one and done. Yeah, but if Jake can kind of push, because he's got, you've got a lot of weapons on offense. Yeah. This is not a throwaway year for Utah. It well, is not a throwaway year. Don't look at it that way. Yeah. And frankly, there's no one and done anymore with the COVID thing. If he comes out and he's great, that means you're great and, and settled at quarterback for 2021, too. Because you can bring him back for another year. Correct. Which would be crazy to think if you're Jake Bentley. Might have another year of college football. I know. All right, there you go. Breaking down, uh, breaking down Utah quarterbacks. So Jake, Jake Bentley has been uh, he's been out in front. Gordon, I, I imagine it's not easy to jump into a new team in that particular position, but it would seem like he's doing the right things. Have you seen any film on him? Yeah, I've watched it a little bit. Yeah, I, I have too. And man, maybe I'm just seeing the really good stuff, but I've seen him make some really nice throws and some really nice decisions. So, well, uh, you you, know. you are seeing only the good stuff because you yeah. know that's what's out there. So I'm glad you said that. Take it with a grain of salt. But I mean, you don't start for three years in the SEC and not have something going for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see how good. But I mean, he's there. There's a track record out there that you can certainly look at and think, all right, this guy knows how to sling it. So what is so fascinating to me about the Utes is to watch the replacements, to watch how they how they connect. Uh, including the quarterback position, how that uh, how that's going to work, I, I I don't know, but uh, I, I think the Utah program is to the point now where they they do have a lot of talent in there to replace the guys who are very talented themselves, and the quarterback situation you've got to have a decent quarterback even if you're playing at Utah. That's just that's what it's come to. You got to have that guy. Tyler Huntley was pretty good last year for most of the year, and uh, you could tell in the results. Uh, so we'll see how it turns out this time. Is uh, does Kyle has Kyle said anything about what his schedule is as far as uh, figuring out the starting uh, situation at quarterback? Uh, I have not heard any of that. Um, I think he knows. I think Jake Bentley didn't transfer here to sit, so. See that was that was what was interesting. What Hant said because he said he thought Cam Rising had the uh, advantage early on, but I don't. Beats me. I yeah. did not. Uh, yeah. Although this wouldn't be the first time the Utes have lied to a quarterback about their a quarterback transfer. Yeah. yeah, that is true. That has happened. Uh, Sorry, lied. Uh, sold. Sorry. Excuse me. Yes. Well, in in sold their an idea. In their defense, when Tommy Grady did get his chance, <laughs> he was really bad. <laughs> He was really, really bad. I'm not talking about old oh. Tommy. Oh, you're not talking about uh, Tommy Grady? No? No. Oh. Maybe a Troy. Oh, he got a year? Maybe a, uh, what was the Cox kid? Oh, he signed out of high school. He wasn't a transfer. No, but the, he didn't transfer away because oh, they told yeah, him, oh, yeah. no, you're right there. You're he, right there. But then he did transfer <laughs> yeah. away. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, stay tuned. Uh, we will get to more coming up next on uh, on the big show. But joining us now from TryDayTrading.com is our good friend Ryan Van Dorn. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, guys. How are you? Uh, doing well. Uh, i got to add, and we'll we'll jump into TryDayTrading.com, but uh, it's nice of you guys to lend Hans your, your studios for BYU pre and post. <laughs> hey, it's nice to have them down there. The studio's uh, ready and going, and 
man, it's right in between both valleys here, so you can't go wrong. Hope you have surveillance cameras though with with ants around, and you know it can be a little late at night. You probably don't, gotta, uh, you know don't leave don't leave any food laying around. That's either. a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're definitely taking security measures. My, you know, you guys know how important my jazz gear is to me. So. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about trydaytrading.com, and I love it that that you guys have Alema come on and talk to us too, because uh, Alema, you know, he's a normal dude just like the rest of us, and some of us might be a little intimidated when we hear the. the the words day trading, uh, but really the way you guys have it set up, uh, it's it's meant for normal folks like Alema and myself. Yeah, you know what um, we, we did? We created a software that gives us some advantages, and then and then ultimately, I mean, like anything else in life, you got to put a little work into it. But I don't think we've really come across anybody that's said, "Hey, this is too difficult," or "I don't understand," or "There's no way I can do this." And and we've kind of set it up so that. You get to start where you start. If you have questions and ask those questions, we're going to be able to answer them and just help you get to where you need to be. And the beauty about this whole thing is you can fit it into your life, right? Uh, when when you have time for it, how much time you have, you kind of that's that's part of the concept, right? You want people trading all the time. Yeah, that's part of the reason why we don't just trade our money because we want people trading around the clock. We want people trading different markets. Um, but what that means for each individual is they can trade around their own schedule, day or night. It's open 24 hours a day until Friday afternoon, till till Sunday afternoon. You have to take part of that weekend off. But other than that, yeah, you can jump in for an hour, you know, after working another job if you want, or or, or really mix it up as far as time goes. Do a couple hours one day and none the next. That seems to be something that people really appreciate. And once you're making an income and can control your schedule like that, it becomes even more fun. All right, Ryan, let's see if you get this reference. You don't have to be Randolph or Mortimer Duke to uh, be a, a trader anymore, a day trader anymore. Trading okay. Places? Anybody? That movie? Trading yeah. Places? You know, the old guys? Gotcha. Uh-huh. Yeah, all right, sure. all right. Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, well, no, it's uh, the, the, uh, Eddie Murphy. the Eddie Murphy movie. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, Ryan, yeah. uh, com. people log on there. They can get into a webinar, and you're doing a fun thing with Alema too, right? Yeah, free webinar. Then definitely make sure you just sign up so you have a chance to, to just sit in on a session uh, with Alema and his coach. It'll really you know, pull back the curtain, give people a chance to see how it works, and, and watch Alema uh, work his magic. All right, trydaytrading.com, trydaytrading.com. Ryan, thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. See you, buddy. Ryan Van Dorn from TryDayTrading.com. You got my reference, didn't you, Gordon? Yes, I did. Well, I was on that. That is one of the funniest movies. I love that movie. It's a phenomenal movie. Trading Places is just, is just amazing. Yep. I liked it. All right. Stay I think tuned. Ryan was thinking of either Twins or Junior. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he was thinking of Twins. Yeah, twin, yeah, yeah. Junior wouldn't make sense. Twins. Yeah. Twins with Arnold and Dan. Also a funny movie. Yeah. Uh, quite different, but also yes. also funny. Uh, yeah. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Trust me, if BYU plays any games in the afternoons anymore. It's not in the afternoons anymore. That's because they're not going to be on ESPN. Because, you know, ESPN, they like to fill that 1130 slot at night with BYU. 
Well, I am the Pac-12, too, for that matter. Welcome on back. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I love, Gordon, living in these western United States. <laughs> I, I think it's a great part of the country. But it stinks for watching sports sometimes because they just stick us with those rotten time slots where we have to disrupt our lives just because we're football fans. Am I sounding too not in the afternoon guy anymore for you? No. No, I think you are uh, right on the money. I tell this story all the time, but I, I truly think it 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 proves the point. I remember, was it two Utah-BYU games ago? Hans and I were doing the, the pre- and post-game show here on the station. We were doing it from the point after uh, there in the Sports Mall in Murray. You know, a bar. And <laughs> during the, the post-game, we had to... I don't, I don't want to say cut it short because we had still gone for a while, but we had to end the show not because we ran out of calls or things to talk about, but because the law required us to leave the bar. I mean, the <laughs> lights were on and the stools were up on the tables and they looked at their watch and they said, you know what? It's against the law for you to be here any longer. Was it worth it to them to lose their liquor license? Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. And like, so... We're doing these post-game shows at two, three o'clock in the morning. Which is a place to catch a game, by the way. Oh yeah, the love point the point. After. That's yeah, a great spot. The point is great. Love their food. Uh, they're uh, they're terrific. They uh, they did a remodel a couple years ago. Amazing. If you like sitting actually in uh, the old uh, days of the Rona, they have uh, some wonderful patios, multiple patios at the point, and they've got TVs and stuff out there. But too. the law's the law. But the, they, we got kicked out of a bar. Because kickoff was at what nine fifteen p.m. We're not talking about a restaurant. We're not. We didn't get eighty sixth from Fridays. We're talking about a, 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 a business that operates at night, and we were there too late for it to be open. Thanks a lot, ESPN. It's just crazy. And, and the 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 Thursday Friday games that have become so so common. I mean, people have to go to work the next day if it's a Thursday, obviously. I, th- I find yeah. it annoying, but then again, whenever I talk about this, people just say, oh, you're just complaining. Except oh. for I, I do think it has an impact on specifically the Pac-12 because nobody watches and nobody cares. And all of a sudden they're not on the, the college football radar anymore because fans on the East Coast aren't willing to stay up till 5 a.m. to watch a football game. And the Pac-12 is very well aware of it. and They've, they've been trying to do it you know, to alter that. but uh, Have they? Uh, and and they real, say they have. Well, what are they? What can they do? I mean, this is a problem that's not going away because it's a geographic problem, and <laughs> the only way that they can they can really uh, affect that is by giving back money, or have really good teams that everybody wants to watch. There, there will still be games late at night, even if there's uh, one team that they want to watch. So you just think that's the way it is and there's nothing that can be done? Well, yeah, unless uh, somehow magically the time zones change. <laughs> because you can't put a, a, an ACC game, you can't start that at 1030 Eastern. But like I said, if there's a Pac-12 game that everybody wants to see, then they would find a way to get that in a time slot that would make it more available to more people. But they already do that. All the games aren't played in the middle of the night, Gordon. The Pac-12 still has a primetime game. Yeah. It's just that most of their games are at night. And we're yeah, not talking about true. the ability mm-hmm. to see one Pac-12 game. We're talking about the, the ability to watch the league. So, yeah. yeah, you see Washington, Oregon, they put that at 5 Mountain instead of 8.30. 
But still, the rest of the league is playing in the middle of the night. Except yeah. for the game that people really don't care about, and those go during the day. <laughs> because the Pac-12 networks has to have something to broadcast. Yes. <laughs> so it's it's really the the you either re- if you want to play in the middle of the day, you better be either the best team in the league, or even then they're not put. Even when Utah was the best team in the league at times, they're not putting them on in the, in prime time. But anyway, you better be the best team in the league, or you better be the worst. Mm. Otherwise, you're being uh, you're stuck in the middle of the night. Well, I'm with you, Jake. I like afternoon football. I mean, I, that's the way God intended for football to be played, in my opinion. You asked him. <laughs> what you Why say? wasn't this breaking news? Didn't know oh, you had because... heard from the Almighty on the subject. <laughs> and and plus, uh, you know, at least... Do you call him co-worker in your column? Or? <laughs> uh, hey, 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 hey. Plus, those those eight thirty kicks uh, really lead to overdoing it in the uh, tailgate lot. I would guess. <laughs> Probably. I just, <laughs> yes. I just, uh, I think it's better all the way around for all the reasons you mentioned already, and uh, and just it just feels right to to watch football in the fall in the afternoon. You it's... think about that for a second. You know, Bob wouldn't have ended up passed out in the gutter had the game just started at five. <laughs> I mean, Bob, Bob's not responsible here. It's not Bob's fault. We can't blame Bob. You gave him an extra three hours to, to tailgate before the game. What's Bob supposed to do? Say no to that jello shot? Stay dry for three hours? <laughs> this is football. By, by oh, the way, maybe man. this goes without saying, during these times, I'll take football at 3 a.m. Yeah, whatever. You're right. But you're, any other year, give me the afternoon. You're right, of course. <laughs> well, then, uh, you know, we get it with the NBA, though. I mean, the the we get the West Coast time slot, even though we're not in the Western time zone, which makes it an hour later for us. It just, you know, I know. If I don't like it, I can move. Well, I get it, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, from a personal standpoint, I didn't get to do jazz playoff overtime this year because the games were too early. Right. And then we had regular programming after the game. And so we that got axed, and I, I missed doing that show. Even though it does get me home at literally four in the morning the next day, yeah, it's a I love doing that show. Yeah. I didn't get to do it this year. Yeah, but, it's too bad. So you can't have it both ways. Nope, you really can't. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more big show coming up. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty of the zone. Gordon, uh, the the most uh, exciting, action-packed baseball game of all time has come to a conclusion. Well, come on back. It is the the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. In 13 was innings, in 13 innings, the Braves beat the Reds 1-0. In walk-off I'm... kind of fashion. And people say soccer is boring. It was a walk-off single. Was it really like a walk? The second worst kind of walk-off. <laughs> walk-off single? Talk about Other than the actual walk-off, yeah. You know, I was about to say a walk, like a walk leading to the run would be the most boring way to end a game. That's what I'm but, meaning, But yeah. then uh, the bases would have had to be loaded in order for that to have happened, which is actually kind of, a- is kind of exciting, right? Unless they walked all three of them, too. Yeah, right. But still, yeah. So, anyway. So, I guess, uh, uh, let me ask this question gingerly. 
Uh-oh. Is Gran- is Grandpa still alive? Grandpa? What? My Didn't grandfather? Grandpa- yeah. My grandfather, no. He is. Uh, he passed. He's passed. The one who played for the Reds? He didn't play for the Reds. He was drafted by the Reds, and he was drafted by Uncle Sam two weeks later. And by the time he got back from Burma, they told him he was too old. Oh, okay. All right. I but I have always, respectful. I've always liked the Reds because of that story, which it it seems so amazing to me that you couldn't at least somewhat identify with that. My reasoning, but uh, uh, I uh, here we are. <laughs> not a wow. That's cool, Jake. Yeah. Not, not a, a oh really? No. no a, who cares about your yeah. grandpa? Boy, what a self-centered. Why, why should that be a factor in the decision? <laughs> what an egotistical take, rooting for the Reds because they drafted your grandpa. Well, if you say it that way. <laughs> no, you said you it that said way. You said it that way. <laughs> well, that's because we were talking about LeBron and his egotistical attitude. And so no, that this was so much before that conversation. <laughs> we were not talking about that. That is not what we were talking about. All right. I apologize. I didn't mean to be insensitive. Thank you. <laughs> you know what? Pull that. That I apologize. I didn't mean to be insensitive. Keep that on that hand. Might come around you? a few yeah, times. Let's so. let's keep that you know, somewhere where we can use it. Jake is acting acting awfully spry for a guy who owes us two uh, incriminating audio. I was just about to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. We need. He pays that up today, right? Yeah, today is the day. Okay. You have one. I've got one. I see. Now I, I'll I'll pay up. I, I'm not saying that, but why don't we wait to see who has to do one alongside me? Because that's not the game that you made up the rules as we <laughs> you, go along. You, <laughs> I'm out. There's there's still one more You're out member of the again. show that is going yeah. to be out, and I'm out again. Thus I owe two. I'm not disputing right. the facts. I'm well, saying man, we should wait up. till the end no, of the competition. No, 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 no. And then oh, I will pay please. up when the other you has know, to the pay. You pi- know, the Pirates back in the day, not the baseball team, but actual Pirates, they had a lot of things wrong, but the thing they had right was only one walk to the plank at a time, Jake. There was no buddy system out there on the plank. <laughs> you take the plunge alone. Hmm. Twice today. Today? Why today? It's because. We've given you three days. Given me three is, days? What do you mean, given no, me To three get days. your affairs in order. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Today is the day, for sure. Should we record that during one of our segments? I think we should. Isn't that what we That's always the do? the whole thing, yeah. Isn't, I don't what do you know. Mean, I like can't in, remember whether we, we ever did one off the air or not. I think we may have. I may have done one once. I've lost so many darn bets that uh, I've lost count. Well, not doing it on the air, you know. Kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. Well, although if we play it plentifully, then then it's all the Beatles are worse than the monkeys. Here we go. The Beatles are worse than Millie Vanilli. The Beatles are worse (laughs) than Limp Biscuit. The Beatles are the most overrated band in history. Bingo. It's true. Did we do all that on the air? Yeah. Parking stall lines are merely suggestions. I'm not sure we did all that. We did. We 100% did. The parking stall lines one? That is funny. Just not true because I never did what I was accused of doing. That's I have a I have a good source on that one. Your source is flat out wrong, and I you know I I have no idea who you're talking about, but uh, I'd like to come face to face with that uh, person and uh, have a discussion. Is that a is that a threat? 
<laughs> kind of. <laughs> threatening my unnamed source? All you know is it wasn't me, because I was on the air at the time, and then I got the report from the scene from my source that uh, that uh, you had parked over, uh, I think it was, I'm trying to remember, four parking stalls? It's just that four? My car wasn't even, no, my car wasn't even big enough to park over four parking spaces. Oh, Come sure, on. any car is big enough to fit over four. You, you, you uh, it, diagonally it, for, take okay, You've heard look, of the four corners, uh, okay. right? Look, the parking lot was empty to begin with. All right, there was nobody parked out there. There was no car. There was no car within shouting distance of where I parked. So why would I do that? I don't know. I there's didn't no do reason. It. <laughs> I'm not the one. Who we did agree. It. There's no reason. No, the the reason is 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 you've got a when you've got a car like that you you go to great lengths to no. make sure nobody parks next no. to you. I, there, I there was know, nobody. I have a nice car. I know there, there the was reason. nobody near my car and at that time because of that your, may have been and there wasn't yeah, going to be nope, anyone. There certainly was not. Your your source is in error, and uh, I don't think that's why so. I do. I don't know. This is a pretty good source. I mean, it's not as good as your source from last segment. I, I'm assuming it's not. It's not all the way up to the top. No, of the, no, the it's mount. not a. It's not a deity like uh -huh. source. No, it is a. It is a human. It is a human who I can confirm can see. They they have the the gift of vision. I think they were just stretching. Uh, you know what we should do? We should have that person come on the air. Uh, I, I would like to have a How uh, would we do that so you wouldn't recognize their voice? What difference does it make? Well, what on, if you, what you if might you... order a hit on them the oh, way this is oh, carried please. on for the you, last what, few what years. What if you know her? <laughs> Them, Jake. <laughs> what, if, what if you know her voice? I don't care if I know whoever it is or not. Uh, we need to have a discussion. Well, that's why you want to have her on, is because you want to be able to deduce who it is. And that goes against my journalistic integrity. Was it a she? Maybe. Or are you lying? I don't know. You don't know if you're lying? <laughs> I don't know what this her, last time's presidential so you debate. You can confirm they can see, well, but not. Well, I don't know what her uh, preferred adjective right, is. That right, is yes. that's a thing these days. That's why I said them. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know right. if it's a, a she/them kind of thing or how that works exactly. But and now I know it's people weird. Are, are sensitive about it. it. It is getting a little weird. So just tell them. I don't think they. Well, first of all, <laughs> would appreciate. It's no, it's no big deal one way or the other. It's not like this. It is, is. Some sort of. What is this? Some, this isn't Watergate. You want to have this them on the air? This is deep throat. What? I mean, they, they, yeah, but so we can have a discussion. Oh, so That's you all? can threaten them in person? So you can go radio godfather on them. <laughs> Put a horse head in their bed. I'm going to get you. So you can identify who it is and do really bad things to them. But oh, I'm telling boy, you, yeah. is that the I'm source Gordon is rock solid. And that it happened. And that you don't need to be ashamed. It's okay. It's a nice car. I did. I would never do that. I would never do it on purpose. Again. Oh, on purpose. Now, okay. If it were an accident. It was it was an empty parking lot. I mean, there wasn't a car within literally 100, 200 feet of where I parked. What difference does that make? Why would I take up four parking spaces if there's nobody around? What do you mean nobody around? There was nobody around. The parking lot was empty. Isn't this, there was no other media there? This was uh, yeah, but that, they were, I, I parked down a little ways. This wasn't this a school day too? Because it was the it was the Monday press conference up at Utah. There was were it, all I all I can tell you there weren't any cars around. 
Well, there was at least four spaces that were uh, unoccupied <laughs> so that you could, you could pull I would on. really bother me. If I were looking for a parking space and somebody had taken up four parking spaces, that would be... That would be trouble. But that, that's we're just talking of one incident. What about the time you created your own parking space outside the arena? Yep, moving, uh, moving the. You got out and moved barriers the, that had been placed, the cones or whatever. Yeah. What about that one? Yeah, that that one actually did happen. See that one we have video evidence of, so you have to own up to that one. This one you can just call out fake news. Well, no, well, the, the, when I moved the cone. It was, it was, it was, it was, I just That's moved inaccurate. a smidge. Wasn't I a cone. Moved, no. And it wasn't Whatever a it was. cone. It, oh, it was, it, it was a, it was a, a barrier, barrier thing. It was, yeah, it I, was, it took much <laughs> exertion. Real effort was involved. Planning and sizing up and yeah, that was, you worked hard on that. I checked with security to make sure I could park there, and I, that's why I did that. <laughs> okay, I, let's let's get out of the zone phone. I'm not so sure what kind of car Ryan drives, but it's it's probably a nice car. I'm guessing Ryan Van Dorn from TridayTrading.com with us. Ryan, have you ever parked across four parking stalls so nobody could park next to you? Yeah, I try to limit it to two. You try to keep uh, it at two? <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> that's that, how considerate of you. Yeah. Four's a little much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe folks out there are trying to save up a little bit for a new car, right? Or uh, whatever life yeah. expense comes along. Sometimes putting a little extra cash in your pocket can be quite useful. Yeah, you know what? Being in Gordon's tax bracket would not be a bad thing. No, no, it would. It, it'd be great. In fact, <laughs> but there's, I'd there's respond. Hey, hey, Ryan, Ryan, I'd respond to that if I didn't just put two potato chips in my mouth. <laughs> there's a lot of people that could use extra money for a lot of reasons and um you know that's what keeps us in business is you know we have a program where we teach people um just another way to generate some extra income you know p potentially it could be a, a long-term thing or, or something that just brings in a little extra what we want to do is just help those people that are interested understand how it works figure out how it could work for them and really let them try it out before we before we go any further. And after they try and and figure out how it works, you, you will actually fund an account for these traders, right? Yeah, everybody that goes through our, our educational program gets an account at the end of that, everybody. And uh, they get to use that account, trade on the real market, and then split the profits with us. And, and it, there's a variation in the profits. It's anywhere from 50 to 80% that – they get a keep, um, and that's kind of depending on how long you go to school a little bit or how, how much of an education you get. But everybody then has this chance to go out and, you know, see a return, and that is good for them, and it's good for us. And right now you've got a cool thing going with Alema. Uh, people can log on, trydaytrading.com, and actually kind of see how Alema gets coached, right? Yeah, you want to sign up for uh, one of those. Uh, we're we're going to do a drawing, and I think we're going to – going to try to get as many people on board as possible but you just get a actually whether it's in person i think we're going to give you a choice in person or uh through like a zoom call you can sit in on one of uh gordon's coaches or not gordon's excuse me alema's coaching sessions and, and see how it works see what it'll be like if, if you decided to go through that trydaytrading.com jump on there click on that alema button trydaytrading.com thanks ryan thank you that's our buddy ryan van dorn from trydaytrading.com uh, we'll have more Big Show uh, coming up next.
uh, we'll be joined by Rob Morris, BYU great, straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.